welcome back, friends, to Watch Closely, a weekly show where we take a closer look at the world of movies, television, and what's streaming. I'm your host, Jason, and joining me as always, a man who knows, always rotate your couch cushions every 25,000 sits. Ernie, how you doing, man? <laughs> hello, hello, friends. I am doing well, man. Uh, thank you for the lovely introduction yet again. Uh, Jason, how are you, man? I'm doing well, doing well. I've been, I feel like I've been catching up on movies of 2021. There's a lot of good stuff out there. Uh, how about you? How about you? No, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I've been doing the same thing. I, it's interesting. I think starting the new year, what I want, one of the things I wanted to do was be able to actually catch up on everything that's new that I actually want to watch. Because I think for la- last year uh, was a little bit more difficult for me, so I wasn't able to like you know pinpoint like certain movies. Like I think uh, it was the one where uh, it was a Zoom call, right? And we had talked about it, and you know he's learning Spanish. Oh yeah, you watched it? No, I didn't. So that's like one of the movies that fell on the wayside, right? I think we had discussed it there, but I, I don't want that to happen again. I want I want to be able to you know watch the movies that that have come out. Like so, I've been on this like binge, bro. I saw Come On, Come On. I saw freaking Belfast. I saw uh, Silent Night and Risen Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. So I've been pretty oh, consistent with movies and shows like Peacemaker and all that. But uh, how about yourself? Anything uh, worth mentioning? You're ahead of me, bro. Dang, that's crazy. Uh, I watched recently Power of the Dog and uh, a couple of like the Unforgivable and different ones like that. But I wanted to ask you. So uh, in in uh, in the spirit of getting to know ourselves a little better uh we have a twitter question from at casey fit love who's asking what's the best movie snacks and i wanted to ask you like what's your movie snack of choice yeah i mean honestly it depends and and i'll give you two scenarios okay let's say i'm going to the movie theater right and 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 i'm there for the long haul dude the snack of choice is uh some nachos some a double cheese you know two cups of cheese i'm sorry i'm a cheese man and some jalapenos dude three of those bad boys throw it on there but first you got to get the liquid poured out you know what i mean you don't want to pour that uh that liquid that comes with the jalapenos because you're gonna get your chips soggy little uh <laughs> little uh, info you like for you guys so you guys before. don't make that mistake <laughs> of course dude, that's that that is my snack of choice now if i am home jason uh, uh setting myself up for another long movie <laughs> No, just joking. Uh, when I'm at home, for some reason, I like popcorn. I, I love uh, Orville, Red, and Bacham, or uh, if I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but I love having that popcorn. Just you know, something to kind of grab on. So you go for the bag, the bag one. You stick it in the microwave, or you do like the homemade pops? No, no, no. I do the the freaking bag. Yeah, dude. I I don't have time for you know that setup of of you know whatever that popcorn thing. I just I just like putting it in the microwave, and I love putting it like that extra like ten seconds it needs to hear that last like. You know, that last, last few pops of popcorn yeah. where it doesn't burn, but it's perfectly buttered. I always burn it. It's always burned. <laughs> it's hard, bro, because it, you have a lot of variables, right? You have a lot of things that are against you. All right. So you, you, you got your popcorn and you, you, depending on the amount, obviously you have to have a certain, you know, time limit. And then the microwave itself, if it's too high of heat or too low, that all plays a part. And now, dude, it just... Yeah, I don't know why we went into that so hard, but <laughs> those are my choices. What about yourself, man? What do you like uh, having? Uh, if it's a movie theater, for sure, it's Sour Patches. Um, if it's at home, probably like something like crispy, like taquitos or something like something like salty to munch on. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, that's a great choice. I, I do like that salty choice. Uh, I think uh, pretzels, honorable mention uh, with cheese oh, as yeah, well. Pretzels are good. Delicious, dude. 
What about your? All right, since we're getting into the snacks, I know obviously we're we're eating here. What is your drink of choice when you're there? Are, are you are you an icy man, or are you a, 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 a whatever have you soda kind of guy? I go for like a big soda of some sort. It, it, it rotates. Sometimes I'll get like a Coke. Sometimes I'll get a Pepsi Cherry Coke. Sometimes they have like the different flavors you can add in, like the vanilla, the cherry, the whatever. Like I like oh, to mix right, it up. Yeah. The other day though, I did do a, a slushy just for the fun of it and it was really good i actually ha- i haven't had one in a while so how about you but for me i love a coca-cola for some reason uh that sounded funny i don't think anyone ever says coca-cola uh, <laughs> the just full name co- right i'll, I'll take a coke Coca- Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola? Uh, no yeah so uh, I, I like a coke bro and for some reason i don't know what it is but the machines at the amc give great pours of coca-cola i mean sorry coke <laughs> that's not funny but the, the coke is so different it tastes so different there it's like really concentrated sweet. Yeah, it's that syrup is like strong there. I, I'm a big fan of the cherry icy. My wife loves that. So usually we get that. I, I always, honestly, uh, my drink of choice anywhere I am is water. Like if I'm at the theater, I have to have my hydro flask with me or else I feel like I'm going to be parched throughout the whole movie. And I'm like, like, I need water. There. I think because you always take your water bottle with you everywhere you go. Like I see you like, carrying the water bottle around and yeah. I always think like that's such a great idea but i never do it because i drink a lot of water as well like i'm yeah i probably drink a couple gallons a day or uh yeah, that's good gallons. Yeah, that's intense but <laughs> i do drink a lot um, <laughs> no this guy yeah this uh, guy drinks he, he drinks and my wife drinks like maybe like a couple of the like eight ounce bottles maybe she yeah. doesn't drink nearly as much but no that's a good idea just bring it to the theater but sorry what were you gonna say before that i think i was saying that um i like to drink water you know when i'm at the theater because i felt parched and it's weird. I get this little anxiety attack. Like if I don't have any water, I'm like, I'm not going to survive this, this whole two hour movie now that we have. But it's, I don't know. It's just like a thing that's engraved in me now. But I, I wish, I, honestly, I drink water enough, but I would love to drink more water. That's uh, that's definitely a thing that you kind of want to do, kind of get into your level. And soda doesn't really qu- like quench your thirst like water does to me personally. No, yeah, definitely not. It's 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 more of a dessert uh, a thing than it is, uh, yeah. you know, to refresh, right? It is. It's funny, like soda is a dessert. I don't know why people never like, like say dessert. it. It is a, it's a liquid dessert. So what what do you guys think? I want to know what's your favorite theater or or sitting at home movie watching experience. Definitely let us know on Twitter. And uh, that wraps it up, folks. Thanks for joining us. We just even wanted to. <laughs> I was like, and this segues <laughs> us to uh, what's our next podcast going to be? It's going to be about food. Uh, <laughs> yeah, eat closely. Oh dang! All right, so. Thank you guys for joining us today. We're going to get into our news topics. You know, we have some DC news, some James Gunn news, Batman news. We're going to watch some trailers for Kimmy and Wolf Like Me and more. And then we're going to answer some of your Twitter questions. So if you guys have Twitter questions, definitely tweet at us at Watchful Tweets. And we'll be sure to get your question on the show. But uh, let's start off, Ernie, with a, a kind of a sad note. Bob Saget passed away at 65 in Orlando. He was doing like a tour at the time, I think, and he passed away. They're not sure. Death was still unclear, but I know he was a big part of your childhood growing up, Ernie. What do you What do you think when you heard the news? Yeah, dude, that it sucked. It, it's weird. I don't think uh, I didn't think it was going to, but it hit me like where it was like I, I think it it set in. Like I told my wife, and then I was like, "Oh wow, he just died." You know, it was just kind of like a thing. And then as the time passed by, I was like, "Oh my, he was such a big part of my childhood." Like I would watch him almost every day, and I think I was telling you this. I I, uh, I guess is. TMI, right? But <laughs> I didn't grow up with a dad. So I would watch a lot of sitcoms 
And I was like, oh, man, this is like the the father figure that I kind of would have loved to have. And I was like, this is what I want to raise my daughter with uh, to Uncle Joey, uh, Uncle Joey and Uncle Jesse. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, but yeah. You know what I mean? Like he was just like one of those guys that you're like, this is like exactly how, you know, I guess, you know, obviously it's fake. It's a show, but. I would have loved to have, but it was written in such a way where you believed it as a family, right? Like you believed he was the dad of these these kids growing up, and you felt like I I thought the show was really well written in that that regard. Like a lot of people watched it at the time, and that and like Family Matters, right? They were like both back to back. Yeah, yeah, true. That's very true, and and it's crazy because like uh, we like not even just uh, freaking Full House. Sorry, Uh, we used to watch them in a a freaking. Uh, America's like funniest home videos. He was he was like a, he was on a lot of things that that just we you know we consumed at that time and and uh, so it was definitely a big loss and and it sucks you know he was still very young you know sixty five isn't you know old so it, it sucks that we don't know what happened to him um, but we've been losing a lot of uh, great comedians we lost like Norm McDonald as well not too long and then we also um, Betty White right uh, mm-hmm. which sucked right. too but. It's crazy. She was almost gonna make it at a hundred, bro. It's like she was right there. That was crazy. The, it's so wild. And they were gonna do like something really big. I heard. Obviously, they never. I don't know if they said it, but I, I remember like it was gonna be pretty big because she was like such a big part of a lot of people. A lot of people loved her, and you know she was really funny, dude. Golden Girls is really funny if you haven't checked it out. Yeah, definitely a sad loss, and it's it sucks. Like he was pretty like relatively young, dude, sixty five. Man, like I was surprised when I heard the news. I was like, what? Like I had to tell my wife because it was so shocking. I think everyone was pretty taken aback when we like, I don't know if you heard it on Twitter or on the news or everything, but a lot of people responded how it was just uh, very sad, very sad. So he will be missed, but I'm glad we at least have all the Full House stuff to go back and watch. I was saying, I was telling you like mm-hmm. him and uh, Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World, like those two were very father figure-esque, yeah. always full yeah. of wisdom and like you as a boy, like you know, I need this advice. I need this parenting advice. Yeah, and very true. I probably have my kids like watch that show as well. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of good stuff that was written into their you know, characters. Yeah, a lot of great messaging, right? I think that's why Family Guy always, you know, they sing that song like, uh, uh, what happened to those Whatever good old fashioned family? families, right? It, and it's because that's what it was back in the day, like sitcoms pertaining to the family dynamic. Obviously, you know, we have Modern Family. It's a little different. You know, they have, they deal with like, situations that are more in line with what's happening now but you know family and i mean family matters and full house was in its time you know it was a period piece right so that's what was happening at that time and i i, it, I don't know I, it it's always been a great show i actually rewatched it very recently i think like last year i finished it um you know when i was gonna have my daughter oh, nice. I, I yeah i was before i had my daughter i was like i'm gonna watch the show and same thing i was like i'm gonna figure out how to raise my daughter you know I've, just joking around, but it was like, honestly, kind of a little, you know, being serious about it. So I was watching and I'm like, this is a great show. And yeah, dude, I would, I would have my daughter watch the show there. There's great messaging. It isn't uh, uh, those shows that, you know, didn't age well, where, you know, something is off, like everything is pretty consistent. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, yeah. So it's a great show, terrible thing that happened to him. But like you said, now we do have things to, you know, like we have his work, to you know go back and fall back on and uh, you know praise that which is you know awesome that we can go back and remember that yeah i i totally agree with you that they don't have shows quite like this anymore where they'd have those moments where the dad would sit down with the daughter and have a moment and like talk about what they're going through like it feels like everything's so much faster now as far as television shows like i think those moments are why i would 
want like if i had kids like that's why i would want to sit them like have them watch these shows because it's like learning you know it's like yeah agreed <laughs> moving on to our next topic ernie uh this one i'm not completely aware of but uh so uh during a, a an interview with james gunn i think it was a uh, collider who had uh asked him a question they were telling him that if he was working with anything else in the DC universe. And I guess he is in talks to create another TV series. Now, I think, uh, well, obviously, if you guys aren't aware, he did, uh, he had a spinoff uh, with Peacemaker, you know, off the Suicide Squad movie that he that he made as well. So he wrote it and directed it. And the show's doing really great right now. So we'll talk about that in, in a moment. But I was curious uh, about this because, you know, obviously with the success of Peacemaker, and the Suicide Squad. What do you think he's working on next? Like, what other DC property, or what would you like to see him working on? I, I know that you know we're going to get the Penguin show, right? Based on the Robert Pattinson right. Batman. What are your uh, guesses here? I don't know, man. Like, I feel I think he he thrives in the obscure. Like he, you know, we've seen him do uh, great stuff with Guardians, which nobody knew who Guardians was until that movie came out, and the Suicide Squad. A lot of people loved the new, the newer version, not the not the Will Smith one. So, and then with Peacemaker, I think like you're saying, like people are liking what they're seeing in the show so far. Did it, I don't know if it did it, the whole thing release? Did the whole thing drop, or is it episodic? Uh, I think only three episodes right now that are out. If I'm not mistaken, I okay. think there's going to be a, about eight. I'm trying to think like what I w- I probably want another uh, kind of obscure character, perhaps, or even if he did something like Harley Quinn or like killer croc or something you know some some character that's not as in the forefront but uh he could do a lot of things like play around with it a lot i think that's what he, that's what he likes to do um but how about you dude what, what do you think what no you yeah thinking? i agree with you i think I, I would want him to do someone in the four and the four uh the foreground you know someone that a character i think they mentioned it in peacemaker uh his name is batmite and batmite's like a multi-dimensional character who like really loves batman and so his whole thing is to be, he's basically like a Deadpool where he he can go through different variations of different characters and he's like self-aware. He knows what's going on. And I would love to see a character, you know, since they mentioned him, I would like to see a show based on him, kind of like a what if for DC, right? To see these other characters being brought out to light, you know what I mean? Something that's a little bit more fun in the DC realm. Uh, I, I, you know, I, we're gonna get a lot of serious things, and uh, I think that's the thing I love about Peacemaker is that it's serious, but it, it doesn't take itself serious enough. So I want something that's a little like that, where it's fun, but you know, it's characters that, are, like you said, obscure because he does thrive on that. It, it it makes sense for him to work on something that isn't so. Uh, mainstream right uh, I think people will be yeah. less judgy you know they'll judge it less harshly uh, when you know nobody knows who Peacemaker is right so nobody was saying oh why is he working on him you know he's not the person I would want him to you know like if he was working on Superman well, I mean with James Gunn you know obviously people are going to be a little bit more inclined to like his things but you know if he was working on the Batman or I think with like Superman or something that's yeah. a bigger property people would have more to say about it and uh, I think that right now he's kind of proving himself to the DC fandom that he can work with these properties and make them so likable. Right. Because <laughs> in the end of the, that, the, the suicide squad, right. Uh, I'm sorry, a little spoiler alert. Peacemaker ends up looking like the villain. Right. And I think that was right. one of the big things me and you had been discussing. Like, is this a show that we want? Like, we don't want this character because, you know, he was, he was a villain. He, he, he killed like a great character. 
And I think James Gunn talks about it in an interview, but he's like, I didn't care about that because I wanted the show to have such great writing where you were going to like the character, just like I had mentioned to you before, where they're going to try to make him likable. Right. And, and they, and it worked. And yeah, I don't know. I, I went on a little rant there, but I, that I, that's my opinion. I think he should work on an obscure character that brings other characters into the fold. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I understand what you're saying about like, uh, if you worked on a Superman or a Batman, like cause he, he tends to do things that are potentially like irreverent or like, you know, jarring and to shock the audience i think he likes that and i think you have a tendency with the the purists to be like hey that's not how superman is but okay so you saw the first three episodes of the peacemaker show did you what did you think bro i really enjoyed the show i it's funny because i i had a feeling i was gonna like it i think i was watching a lot of clips that were just coming out on twitter and i'm like i cannot wait for this to come out so i was already anticipating it i I, it grew on me since i think we last spoke about it i was still a little weary and I told you, I think I'm going to watch it, but I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it. But uh, those clips just sold me. And then I watched the show and I put it on, on out of a whim because I didn't even know it was out. I had just been busy with other stuff in my life. And I put it on and I'm like, I want to watch something like this. And my wife was there with me, dude. She enjoyed the show. That was like a telling sign. I'm like, uh, I was like, this isn't a thing that I would think is for her, but she liked the show a lot. The theme song is is really great. That intro, Jason, if you're going to watch this show, this is like Smallville. You don't skip that intro. You enjoy it for what they did. It's it's so great. They they do a little dance number. And I think it's like a choreography where they do the silliest dances, but it just works so well with the song. And it's it's like, do you really want to do you really want to taste it? And it, it's it's so funny, bro. Uh, but I, yeah, the show is great. And I thought I was going to really dislike the character. Like I like what I said, based on what happened, but the first episode is so well done and it's a telling sign of what's to come. And then as the, you know, the episodes kind of progress, it gets even better and better. And you start to get introduced to these other characters who, uh, you know, don't really have, you know, much to say, but, you know, their characteristics are, oh, the, oh okay, they're just side characters and then they become more. And it, it's, just, it's yeah. really fun. And, and it, and you could tell it's James Gunn, you know, it's very James Gunn-esque, if that makes sense. I, but I would love to give you guys like a full review when the whole show ends and kind of give you my full thoughts when it ends. Because what if it like it progresses and the ending is really terrible? But I really doubt it. I, I hate that you're saying this because I think I'm going to watch it and enjoy it. Because what I did before this recording, I went and I watched like the, the intro. He's in the hospital and like it's just talking about the talking about the contrast on the x-rays and then he talks to the the guy in the mop and he's like you know is it safe to leave it's like there's people like they're writing so much like the, it's a great setup the writing is really really good in that first bit and I, that's all i've seen so far but you know they're adding sympathy layers to him and they're making him lovable because he's funny and i was like gosh dang it like i don't want to i don't want to like this guy yeah, yeah and then yeah. the intro hits and like he comes out in the spotlight and he's doing the dance and like all these other side characters come in and I'm like, oh my gosh, how did, first of all, how did they convince him? Uh, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Uh, John Cena. John yeah, Cena. How did, they, how did they, yeah. con- how did they convince John Cena to do this? Like he looks like he's just having a blast. And then on top of that, every other side character, right? Like every other minor character is coming out and doing the dance with him. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, hilarious, hilarious. I, and it, you know, the whole time I was watching that five minutes up into the intro, I was laughing and I had smiling. I was like, oh, I don't want to like this, but I like this. So I'm probably going to end up watching the rest of it. 
hate, no, I hate, mean, hate that I like funny. it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that the beginning just kind of got you. I, 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 yeah, that intro is just, I, I, you could tell they're having a, they're having a lot of fun doing it. Uh, dude, Robert Patrick, uh, uh, the freaking Terminator, he's doing a little like dance, but he's, you know, he's thrusting. I was, oh dude, it's <laughs> so funny, dude. It's really, really so good. I, I think by the, the second episode, you're going to really like Peacemaker and you're going to really dislike some other characters who you thought you probably were going to like. It just, it's how it is. It's so well written for, for him. He really shines, dude. I think John Cena is coming into a, a a league of his own in, in movies. It surprised me how the show has that whole, like um, previous, like like catches you up from the, from the suicide squad movie, because there's this whole scene of like what he did. Like they're pretty much laying out, like he is not, the best guy and they're making light of you know he wants justice but he keeps killing people and like is it justice and like so they don't shy away from what they did in the first movie they just pretty much lay it out on the table like here's what he's done so far and then they they keep trying to build sympathy for the character and it's like interesting really good writing so far though from what i've seen so it's yeah (sighs) dang it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna i'm excited for you to watch it and uh we'll definitely discuss more uh i want to i want to get your thoughts on the full episodes. This is a little bit more. <laughs> Last thing I want to say, you know what it reminds me of Jason a little bit. And uh, I, I think this is going to sell you on it even more is uh Harley Quinn uh, on HBO max, the cartoon that we really like. Right. Uh, yeah. I, it reminds me a lot of that. Uh, not, not very, it does have you know, a little bit of that. Yeah. It has that humor and, and, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So that is all I will say until next time that you uh, watch the show and, We'll discuss more on the cast. Nice. Did you want to say you had written a question about is the is the show that James Gunn is working on possibly tying into the multiverse in some way? Personally, I don't think so. But you think? I don't think so. I think it. I think that's if I were to guess, it it, it would be something. It would be the Penguin, but but I'm not sure. Uh, but I don't think like I think after discussing with you a little bit, I think uh, you, it has to be something more fun. Uh, an obscure character, not someone that's like you said, very uh, you know well known. So like he references Aquaman in the very beginning, addresses him, so he's in the universe. But I feel like the Batman, especially the tones, don't match up. So probably yeah. not. But yeah, maybe like the Flash. I don't know. Yeah, no, they they uh they mess they or they uh talk about a lot of characters in the show, and it's interesting because we have I haven't had like a show. Well, I don't think we've had a DC show that I can remember that does that. Uh, DC Titans, maybe. But they reference a lot of characters, kind of like uh, Harley Quinn. That's what I was telling you. Like, well, he, he, they say the Batmite. They talk about Aquaman. They talk about Harley Quinn, obviously, and little things like that. So I think as the episodes uh, come out more, I think they'll do more of that. And uh, last thing I want to, I do want to mention is uh, the soundtrack to the mo- the show is really good they do metal ver- or uh, rock versions of songs like metal versions i think yeah i want to say yeah they do uh <laughs> they do pumped up kicks i don't know if you oh the uh the kids yeah. with the pumped up kid they talk about that song in the episode and they make it a, like a metal version like someone uh, uh someone's different rendition of it and it's so good it, it, it's just it, everything is is just so well done thus far and uh i'm, I'm excited for what's next so Recently, they announced that, um, so we're talking about the Batman. It recently came out that this is going to be a PG-13. And a lot of people were like, why is it PG-13? Like, it should be rated R. Like, I want to see this gritty Batman. 
But I, I, what do you think, Ernie? What do you think about having a PG-13 rating for the Batman? I mean, first of all, I don't know why people cared to, to be rated R. I didn't think it needed to be. I think I was telling you prior to the podcast that uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, right, was a PG-13 movie. And Andy Serkis right. stretched that PG-13 as much as he could. And, and I think it worked for that movie. I mean, the movie wasn't great. But I think the overall like rating for it and the way they made the movie look where it was like very a little bit more, uh, I guess, menacing and very uh, violent. You could you know, you can see that. I, I think it worked. And, and also, like, you guys got to think about this. This is all money here. Right. The more people are able to watch this movie, the, the more money it's going to make. So PG-13 is always that sweet number for a movie to be in theater or uh, yes, for people to be are, are going to be able to like watch it. Like there's going to be a bunch of kids and, and you got to think about it. Like 13 year olds are always on social media. So it's just, it's going to make it just more hyped. You know what I mean? In a sense. And I, I don't think it needs to be rated R to, you know, to prove anything. I, I think what we've seen thus far is sufficient enough that, okay, yeah, he's a violent guy. I don't need to see Batman killing anyone or like, I don't know what, what rated R things can do. I don't, I don't want to see him having sex with Selena Kyle. <laughs> like, I don't want to, that's just, right. that's not something I care for, but I mean, I'm curious to, to hear your thoughts. Like, what do you think? You said that you really didn't mind it, but. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the, the most, like the darkest version of the Batman character on screen so far, I would say was, would be the dark Knight. You know, because we had a really violent Joker. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think we need it. I think if you are a good storyteller and it's a very uh, gripping story, like you don't need the violence. And like you're saying, like they, they can have it super violent and just not hit that, that R rating. I think they, there's a lot you can do with story and how you frame stuff and how you direct it. Um, so I definitely don't think we need it. I know a lot of people are just kind of on that, that Deadpool Logan hype where it's, it, it did get that R rating and they, they liked the way the direction it took it, which I can, I can understand, but I think if you're trying to reach a wide audience and get as many people in the theaters or are on streaming, which we know it's coming to HBO max, that's the way to do it. Right. Make it PT 13. That hits the most broadest range without having the little kids in there. Obviously, you know, parents, parents will be parents and they'll take the little kids anyway, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. I don't know why people are so up in arms about it. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, interesting. I saw that people were just, I think, pissed about it genuinely, and I was I was like, <laughs> I honestly expected it to be PG thirteen, so I didn't. I don't remember being like, oh, this is going to be rated R. I mean, yeah. I, I could. I would be see more it. surprised if it was PG, right? Like, if it was PG, then I could be up in arms. But PG thirteen, it's every every Batman movie has been PG thirteen. I think, for a I while, think so. most movies have been PG thirteen. I don't think we've had a rated R since, like you said, Deadpool and Logan, where you know I think they got away with, I don't know, murderings. I don't know what they got away with. They, they there was something in. I don't even remember that. Like we needed it. I think Deadpool definitely it served its purpose. Even I think. If I'm not mistaken, I think Deadpool 2 wasn't rated R anymore. I think only the first one was, right? No, it's still rated R. It's still rated R. Okay. I think the next one that they're working on is supposed to be or something like that. Because people were complaining. It was this was a while back. I don't know if it's still happening. But it just makes sense that PG-13, at this point, PG-13 is in such a different level than it was when we were younger. 
right? I think they get away with way more than they did before. Uh, killing and like some sort of boob or, you know, uh, sex on weird sex scene, you know, you know, they do that stuff. There's things that they can get away with. It's just, and I think, like I said, I think people are starting to figure out how much they can stretch a PG-13. So I, I'm here for it. I don't really mind it. I think it's going to be fine. I think you guys are overreacting. Uh, I don't know what you're going to get with rated R. I would love to hear someone actually in the comment section, guys, if you are opposed to this and you wanted the rated R version, uh, I want to, I'm curious. I, I want to know in the comments or on our, on our Twitter, on our Twitter here, let us know why, like what, what was the rated R version going to add that you guys weren't going to like in your mind, what were you thinking yeah. that you were mm-hmm. going to get that the PC 13 can get? Exactly. And, and I'm curious to know, I'm not, or, you know, we would love to hear that discussion. It's, you know, uh, like I said, but, you know, everyone's entitled to an opinion. Um, and I, I just want to hear that. <laughs> It'd be awesome to hear. Uh, someone's going to be like, yeah, I wanted him to like, uh, uh, bang selena kyle <laughs> something crazy they could still do that but it just wouldn't be as graphic right like i'm sure you could still see it in pg-13 but i'm saying like there's just something that like i, I don't know if people wanted to see it like the riddler ripping someone's face off you know what i mean i'm not sure if that's what people want personally this is my thoughts i think that people think the writing can't be as true to what they want it to be like they have to hold back somehow on the PG-13. I think that they think they won't get a true version of the director's vision. I mean, no, I mean, it, it really depends on on the director himself, right? Yeah. If you know what you're doing director wise, like if you've if you know how to make a good story, you don't that's not going to limit you in the final cut. I don't think. No, I don't think so either. It's interesting because I, I've met a, a few people that are in the same boat. So I, I'm not going to say everyone's like this, but usually people who uh, are artists, they have a clear vision of what they want already set in front of them. And I'm sure if he had this movie in the works for a long time, I think he already knew what he wanted. I, and if he wanted that that rated R version, I'm sure he would have gotten it. But I think, like I said, it, he probably knew enough of what he was going to work with to have it the pg-13 and i don't even know if most people know that it's going to be a pg-13 i think it goes through the rating board or whatever i've never seen it or you know what i mean i don't know if they made the movie and they're like this is what we got and they're like you know what you got to cut this if you want pg-13 so there is things like that i'm sure but i I feel like like you said it it, if if a director or an artist has a vision they know how to execute it that that's just them Uh, you know what i mean yeah there are ways to get your to get the rating that you want if if the studio is implying like forcing it on you but yeah let's move on to our see it and our skip it section i have to apologize to the audience because last week we went through i went through my little introduction of like what's what we're going to talk about and i mentioned the lost city and lo and behold we just skipped right over it i don't know what happened i don't know if the notes accidentally got deleted but uh, we skipped it, so it, not that right, it was. If I a, may, Jason, go ahead. Go I, I'm ahead. sorry. I think, and I'm sorry, guys and gals. What happened? I think I was the one that deleted it. I was deleting something on our script. We have a script uh, that we, you know, our our little thing, our podcast show notes of things show we notes. discuss, right? And I think I was deleting something. I believe I might have highlighted it all and deleted it, and thought nothing of it because the episode was just going. And, you know, when we're talking, we kind of forget about all the things. That's why we write it down. Imagine if we had to remember all this, like, in our head. It would, yeah, yeah it wouldn't work. It just you, wouldn't work. You need, you need to be reminded of, like, okay, let's keep, let's keep order to this thing. But it's so funny because yeah. we went through the whole episode and I, 
didn't think anything of it until I was going back and listening to it. And I was like, oh my gosh, we, did, we didn't even talk about that. <laughs> so He's like, what I is apologize. Lost City? <laughs> well, let's get into it. Listen, Loretta, we need you to promote your new book on the Lost City. You can't spend your life in the bathtub drinking Chardonnay with eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's sexiest cover model, Dash McMahon! You do know you're not Dash, right? Dash is a character I made up. Dash! I, I, oh my god. Oh crap. The Lost City trailer, uh, it came out while we were on our break, but what, what were your thoughts on it? I wanna I'm curious to hear yours first. Uh hey, you've okay. been hearing a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of me going, uh, uh you know, I saw tell me. Are you uh, excited for Channing Tatum? Channing Tatum. So I actually really liked the trailer. I went back and watched it for for the episode for for this recording because I wanted to get it fresh in my mind. And it's still a funny trailer. I think they did a really good job of setting up. Um, somebody was saying this is similar to Romancing the Stone. I never saw that, but I think The Lost City is a remake of a, like a 1934 movie. But obviously, it's more modernized, up to date. Really funny. Um, surprised that Sandra Bullock is the lead actress because. She's a lot older than Channing Tatum, but she's still rocking it. She's got the poor thing put her in a sparkly purple dress through most of the movies. And she's got to be climbing mountains and doing all sorts of ruggedness. And I was like, wow, she's uh, she's still got it. And Channing Tatum's he's, he's doing his he's doing his hilarious comedic relief that uh, we've kind of come to expect, but he's doing it really well. And there's a lot of surprises in the trailer. Like I. I think Daniel Radcliffe really nailed what he was given as far as his character. He's got some really funny moments and he just seems like he's having a fun time uh, really bringing it. I don't know if he's the villain necessarily, but he's definitely uh, causing trouble with Sandra Bullock's character. And the other thing I, I think you'll probably touch on as well, dude, Brad Pitt, he comes out of nowhere and he's got this like flowing long hair that he's like flapping in the wind and uh, it just made me laugh, dude. The whole thing was hilarious. No, I agree with you. I, I think uh, just, I I mean, you said it best, uh, <laughs> most of the things you said. It looks like a fun adventure uh, movie. And I uh, actually, checking it out, I think this is one of those, you, like, I, you know how I enjoy Jungle Cruise and and uh, and I love that movie a lot. I, I think, like, this is kind of falling in line with that kind of film. And, and it looks fun. And like you said, the surprises in the trailer are just so well, like, you know, Brad Pitt, his hair, like going, I think you posted a picture where they're like, you know, they're running. Right. And then it's like, his hair is just flowing in the wind. It is. And it's funny because, you yeah. know, Brad Pitt is a very serious actor. He's really good at it. Right. But when he does comedy, he's just so funny too. He, he, he's a, he's a, he's a chameleon, bro. He can do a bit of everything. Right. And uh, like you right. said, uh, Daniel, Rad yeah. Daniel Radcliffe, uh, he does have some sweet lines. I forget what he says when they're talking to him. Uh, uh, <laughs> but even even uh, before the trailer begins, if you guys watch the trailer, it's Sandra Bullock and Shannon Tatum talking about the movie itself, right? And uh, what it's about. And then Daniel Radcliffe, it, you know, he pops out. And there's like this great rapport between the the, the cast already, you know. <laughs> and, and it just, it looks like they had fun doing the movie. And that's what the whole movie right. is going to, you know what I mean? Which Which I really think is you know, obviously we want people to have a great time in the movie. It shows and that's awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, this is one of those movies where I, I enjoy these types of adventure uh, comedies where you're going out on some mystery or some adventure and like there's a bunch of funny stuff thrown in. I will say 
the thing I think I mentioned it to you a while back, but um, Sandra Bullock, dude, she like she's always with attractive men in every movie. Like she did the Ryan Reynolds one. She's like, it seems like whenever she's like, oh yeah, Channing Tatum and Brad Pitt are in this movie, I'll do it. <laughs> she must, <laughs> I wonder she if that's enjoy. like a thing. Yeah, I wonder if, if she's doing it or, or, you know what I mean? Or just people are like, you know what? We need to have her in it. It's just, it's interesting. Like bro. We have Sandra Bullock in this movie. Now we need someone that the girls will want to watch. Yeah, he's a to, let's, like, he's a let's get movie. two of the handsomest men in the in the industry <laughs> right now. I think the only thing this is missing, dude, is uh, George Clooney probably dropping in there. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like I was going to say... For you, dude, what's missing is Jesse Plemons. If Jesse ah, Plemons shows dude, up. Uh, Jess Plemons, bro. He's, yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to whatever he has next in 2022. I just, I'll just end it on that. So see it for you? This is a see it for me. Is it a stream it for you or is it a theater for you? If you didn't have to worry about your daughter and this was like free to choose either one. Dude, if I could, Jace, I would watch every movie in the theater. I would have my, uh, what is that, Stubbs membership or whatever that AMC does, and I would watch three movies a week. What is given to us, I would do. Hey. I, I really would. I, I, I think I did when I had it, just to like get the most out of it. It's a stream it for me. I, I'd rather be home safe with my bucket of popcorn, you know, laugh myself silly. <laughs> yeah. If I can, I want to see it in the theater. I think this would be a fun, a fun like kind of date night type of movie. But getting back to the Kimmy trailer, so it's basically a take on the Google or Alexa. Yeah. And she's everywhere. She's everywhere in this trailer. I'm a voice stream interpreter. I may have heard a crime on one of the streams. The devices pick up lots of things. Just mark this degraded audio and delete it. I am not capable and you know it. I think a woman might need help. How do I find out who she is? Give me the device number and the admin code. Will you make me one? This is the last favor, Cognis. Close your files, come to my office. We'll listen to the recordings together. Miss Childs, I have to know what we're dealing with. We're dealing with what sounds like a premeditated murder. So let me give you the synopsis. It says, during the COVID-19 pandemic in Seattle, an agoraphobic tech worker discovers proof of a horrific crime while studying a, the data stream, but when she attempts to report it to her workplace, she's faced with resistance and bureaucracy. To participate, she must confront the greatest fear by leaving her apartment and heading out into the city streets. Uh, it stars Zoe Kravitz. She's like the main protagonist in this movie. And then Devin Rattray comes back. You know who I thought was interesting in the cast, uh, if I may, Jason? Jaime Camille, uh, that he comes out. He's a he's a Spanish soap opera guy. Like He's a, he's a, he's a comedian. He's really, yeah, he's really well known. And, uh, I actually, I didn't meet him, but I, we, I, when I went to go do, we went to the Hollywood bowl, I believe. And it was, uh, they did Coco live the movie and, uh, characters came out and oh, danced cool. and sing and all that stuff, like the actual actors. And, uh, he was there <laughs> random. I don't know if he was in the movie. I don't, I don't recall, you know, obviously I saw it in English, but yeah, he was, he was there. Did this trailer move you? Did it sway you to, uh, see it or to skip it? No, I mean, so the trailer was was cool. I, I kind of I like I enjoyed what it was trying to portray, right? Where they're talking about the COVID pandemic. We don't really have a ton of movies that are based on that right now. We're still pretty fresh into it, right? It's not, you know, we're still in COVID, but the fact that they're messing with something in that realm and trying to make it about, you know, it, it's very it's a political thriller in a sense. You can tell that in its uh, uh DNA of a film, you know, like that's what it kind of is based on. But then it has this, you know element of suspense you know based on her what's going on in her life and and 
this this murder she's trying to track and you know dealing with mental health issues so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are you know that are happening now uh that they're you know obviously taking into consideration during this film and uh i i thought that was cool but to be honest with you jason i'm not sold i like zoe kravitz i think she's doing a great job she looks i like her little blue hair she looks sweet and and you know the movie looks suspenseful enough to you know make me want to watch it but i this is a skipper for me but if i had to say i would stream it if if i had the choice and and i do because you know the movie is going to come out february 10th like you said on hbo so i mean i would check it out but it's not something this is one of those movies that's going to fall on the wayside for me it's not something i really thought was worth a watch but what about you i think that like i do like what you're saying about the way we're getting more of a realistic covid uh setting in Seattle, it's kind of happening in the nowadays. The thing that I found most interesting was probably the Alexa side of it. That whole side of the um, voice assistant, right? Always listening to you. And first of all, should they be listening to you to that degree? And second of all, if they were to find something like this, because you know, if that information gets sent to the cloud or whatever, and somebody happens to find um, proof that something like a murder happened, like should we be using that to you know, bring justice or it's just, it's just an interesting thing. Like, I think if you get to a point where you're fine with the trade-off between the privacy to get the information or to get the the help that you need for whatever it is, like if you, then that's that first layer. But then the second layer is, should we take that information and use it to, whether it's solving crime, solving, you know, helping people who are in crisis, like maybe something comes up and you you say it to your voice assistant like hey i need help with this like call this number you know get me the help that i need um i don't know it's really interesting because i think this is a time where we don't quite know the answers or the proper way to do it i know there's some people that are like super like i don't want those things in my house i don't want people to listen to me but you go out into the world and these things these things are listening to you all the time like people you know there are streaming cameras that are taking photos of you wherever you go. And like, it's just there. So I can understand her being, you know, very hesitant, very uh, not wanting to go out in public because she's got that um, agoraphobic tendency. You know, But for me, I would probably, I kind of want to see it just because I want to see more of um, Zoe Kravitz's performance before the Batman. That's probably my most intriguing um, aspect too, because I haven't seen a ton of her, but I want to see more of her. No, yeah. yeah. I mean, curious if she's going to be completely different than how she portrays Catwoman, but yeah, those no, are my yeah. That, I mean, great insight. I like where you where you went with that, and yeah, I mean, I could generally understand the overall you know sensibility of of the character and you know why she you know is trying to you know you know coming out and trying to help with all the Alexa stuff and it, it it's cool, but I, I just it just. I'm kind of tired of these movies that are, you know, <laughs> I think I was telling you where everything is political. I mean, every movie is that, but it's, this one's too much on the nose where it's like, I don't want to see something like this right now. It's like, I have enough of it <laughs> in the real world. Do I really want to, you know, get more into, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's just, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know how you feel about that. It's too serious. You want something yeah, more lighthearted. Yeah, at this time, yeah, at, the, at this point. And, and I feel like this movie is going to be so serious that it's not going to be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it borderlines of, of seriousness to silliness. I think a lot of people are going to definitely 
you know, watch this movie just based on what you said, uh, her being in the Batman, right. And trying to see what Zoe Kravitz is about. And, uh, from what I've heard, she's a good actor, but I, I don't know. I don't recall any of her work right now. So, I mean, it's, it's a skip for me, but, uh, a reluctant see it streamed if I get the time to, uh, what about yourself? I do want to stream it. I do want to see it on HBO max. I think that's seems like the right place for me to, to watch it. It's not something I'm going to be running out to the theater to watch. Um, let's move on to our next trailer, which is for a series coming out. It's actually out already on Peacock. It's called Wolf Like Me. Emma. Yeah, help me so that I can help you. Dad, why do I have to talk to you? You don't talk to me. It is my job to help keep you safe. Maybe you should help yourself. It's like she's built this fortress around herself so that nothing can hurt her. Em, Em, you're okay. Uh, Are you okay? She got a panic attack. Look at me, look at me. I know where you're at. What did you say to her? Let me read the synopsis for you. So... Gary is an emotional wreck and struggles to provide for his daughter since the death of his wife. Mary has a secret um, she can't bring herself to share with anyone. And the universe has brought these two together for a reason. So Gary is played by Josh Gad, which we know is the lovable snowman in Frozen. <laughs> and other, I mean, he's done other stuff. But that's what I always think of. Elsa Fisher is playing um, Mary. And this trailer is a little... It's a little uh, unexpected, I would say. You put this in the notes, and I hadn't watched it until you put it in the show notes. But um, Ernie, what do you think of the trailer? Yeah, I, there's certain things that I add because I want to put them on the forefront of of the news, right? Like we want something that I want you guys to see it. I want something that's different that you guys probably haven't heard of and know about it, right? And uh, this trailer, just that ending. It just throughout the trailer is just it's a very weird experience. You don't okay. know what's going on. It seems like a lovable rom com, but you know there's this underlining, uh, oh something's wrong here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it is it's a very weird like final shot because it's kind of like a metal door or something, and he's looking through the window of it. So this has been described to me as a scary slash romantic series. So it's weird that there's two. There, it's a very mixed bag of genre like combining because you don't usually see romantic with horror necessarily like in this way. So I'm curious what the twist is. And I hear that it's revealed fairly early on and then it, it kind of addresses it throughout the course. So there's only six episodes. It's on Peacock. Uh, if you guys want to watch it streaming on Peacock, the creator is Abby Forsyth who did little monsters, which I haven't seen, but people are saying if you haven't seen little monsters, that's one to check out. So I might watch that. Definitely very interesting uh, type of roles for both of these people. Like this is in line with something that me and my wife would probably watch. I'll probably see if she wants to check it out. Um, it seems like something be fun to watch together. So for me, I would probably see it. This seems like it's up my alley. I want to see what what the twist yeah. is. Uh, <laughs> this is a see it for me. I, I'm definitely curious to see what that twist is. It's going to be like something that we don't we aren't we are not expecting. And uh, I'm glad that you brought up, uh, you know, Isla Fisher and Josh Gad, you know, they're usually comedic. And I think I was talking to you. I think we had discussed this like a few episodes back about how it's a little easier for uh, comedians to go into uh, dramatic roles. Right. And 
uh, uh, I think that's what makes me a little bit more excited to, about this movie. So definitely a see it for me. Unless I hate the twist. Well, I mean, either way, you're going to have to see it. <laughs> I hate gonna, the twist. Like, unless you spoil it for yourself before watching the movie. You know what I mean? I, I don't think you should. I wouldn't. I just, I think the ride, I think that, that, that little adventure, that little ride to get to that moment is what's going to be, you know, that's the exciting factor of it. But I, I imagine if you, they do it pretty early on in the movie and then you're just like, I'm going to like, it's like that moment where you're like, I'm going to walk out of a theater. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, I've never done that. I know. I've actually done it once, but not because, because I wanted to, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's just, that's just one of those movies. <laughs> All right. So our next trailer, I put it in the notes because I want to get Ernie's reaction to it. So this is an A24. Now, if you don't know, Ernie holds A24 in high regard. Like this is like his, this is his uh, movie production house of choice. Just as its name entails, this these movies are A plus up there for me. You know what I mean? I know they're going to have this twist and I know I'm probably going to really like it. I, I love the way that their films uh, just are, are just so different than anything else that I've watched. You know what I mean? And and I think that's why I, I have it in such high regards. Okay, so having that in your brains and then this trailer comes out for this movie called X. It's just called like the letter X. Farmer's daughter, take one. I need to be famous, Wayne. All the best people are. There ain't nobody else out there like you. You know why? Why? Because you got that X factor. Our days of struggling may soon be over. Hollywood, here we come. I just want me. So this is it. Our own studio backlog. What do you I'm looking for a place to stay. Oh, yes, sir. That's one ugly son bitch. And my wife, Pearl, is next door. So I would appreciate a little discretion. I just want me. You don't know what we're doing, does he? Well, it's better to beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. Would you like to come inside? Much obliged. I want to be in the movie. Well, you can't. The story can't just change midway through. I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like they're slipping with this movie, Ernie. A24 has had its day. The renaissance is over. This was a generic horror movie, Ernie. I, I definitely can see where you're coming from. And and uh, it, it's funny that you say that because, you know, I was going to tell you in my review of the trailer, it reminded me of a hack and slash very horror film. Like, I mean, obviously they're not hacking and slashing in the, in the, in the trailer, but you know, it fell in line with a bunch of movies that I've seen. And this is the interesting thing. Uh, we all get into that for actually, but let me say this before it reminded me, I think we we're talking about M night Shyamalan's the visit, right? If you guys haven't seen that movie, uh, a couple of kids go visit their grandparents and you know, they end up becoming, you know, there's something happens in the middle of the night. They become mentally ill and, all hell breaks loose. Definitely go check that movie out. One of M. Night Shyamalan's best, uh, not best, but one of the really good ones that I really enjoyed. And uh, so it, it fell in line with a lot of things that I've seen before. You know what I mean? And and I think that's what you're getting at is that we've seen something like this already. They aren't changing it to be that A24 uh, style of movie, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, where's that mystery? Where's that 
Where's that twist? Where is that thing that makes it an A24 movie, right? We don't know. It could possibly happen. I mean, this is a thing between me and you, Jace, is we watch a lot of trailers, right? Obviously for the show. And sometimes trailers show too much. What if this trailer didn't show enough? What if that twist is hiding for you to watch and when you watch the movie? Thoughts? So, okay. So it, it's basically the way this, the way the trailer sets up is there's this group of people that find this old house and they're going to make dirty movies. They're going to film some, some dirty stuff and they, they want to use the house. It's kind of like their studio. And this old guy lives there and he's like, you know, uh, don't, you know, don't come around to uh, the other, like they have a kind of like a side, side place to live while they're using the house. And they're like, my wife lives there. Like, don't mess with her. And I'm, I don't know what it is about uh, horror movies wanting to use old people to be creepy. Like, old people are like genuinely like super nice. Like, I know a lot of old people that are just a, a pleasure. And I don't know why they get a bad rap in horror movies for some reason. But so basically they the old lady, there's something off with her. Just kind of like what you're saying with the visit. Like there's something off with her. And uh, she's like being creepy. She's like doing creepy stuff. And uh, it did. It reminded me of stuff that I had seen before. But there's one like, you know, it chapter two had the creepy old lady as well. But uh, there's a part in the trailer that gives me hope. I don't know if you saw this, Ernie. Uh, I think it was at 149 in the trailer. There's a shot of some sort of, it looks like a creature moving in the water. Like it's splashing, it's like really quick. And so I'm thinking, what if the old lady turns into like a, a creature at night or something? I don't know. Did you see that? Did you see no, that I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. It. It's about to come out. Yeah, let's see. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I see. Uh, I see. Yeah, I so. see. I know what you're saying. I mean. So going back off what you said, maybe the trailer didn't show enough. Exactly. I think you, we've gone to a point in A24's career that uh, we're holding them to be that uh, filmmaker. I mean, you know, that company that brings these movies that are going to show you something you've never seen before kind of thing where it's there's a twist. There's like It's like if you watch an M. Night Shyamalan and there wasn't no twist, right? I, I think our minds are so programmed in that sense already. When you see a twenty four, what if what if why can't they just make a, a slasher movie? You know what I mean? Why? Why? But I, I guess they yeah. they just because they're a twenty four. They're above that. That's because, yeah because they've already uh, they've become uh, such a renowned. It's like yeah. Pixar, right? Like when you see a Pixar like, I'm movie. Cry. You have a certain level oh. of expectation. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. No, but they've been, they've been, they're so renowned in in this style of filmmaking that it just has become, you know, this is what a twenty four is about. So I, 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 I can, I can definitely understand where you're coming from. I think I'm still here for it, and I want to check it out. I mean, Kid Cudi's in it. I freaking love Kid Cudi's music. If you guys don't listen to his music, he's sweet. Uh, it it just it looks like it's falling in line with a lot of cool things that I'm 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 here for, and I like horror films like this, and and uh, I mean I could do without the twist, but I I'm I'm telling you now, Jason, there's gonna be something, and that you're gonna be like, oh dang, okay, they changed it up on me. Watch, it's gonna be just some sort of because that clip is so quick that it's probably just like. Maybe there's they see an alligator mm, in the woods mm. at one point and he's splashing in the pond. Like that's it, but they put that in there just to just so that I would think there's gonna be a twist, but it's just gonna be a, a generic slasher. <laughs> and Ernie's okay with I it. I mean, 
I think there could yeah. be slipping. This could be the movie. Oh, this is interesting. That, uh, you know what? Does this it. one, guys, uh, make sure you guys follow us at Watchful Tweets because we are going to follow this one closely <laughs> when it gets released. I really want, <laughs> I'm curious to know, like, really. I mean, honestly, I'm telling you guys now, I, we, I always say this, but Jason is probably going to watch this with me. It's, it's just, it's a thing. It's, it's going to happen. Even reluctantly, like that sigh, he's going to be there watching it. So we know, we'll let you know our little short review when it does end up coming out March 18th, 2022. And that is all. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know, bro. We'll see. All right. Let's move on to our Twitter questions. And uh, so this one comes for, to us from uh, at the AV club. You know, these guys, they've been around. We've, we've talked to these guys. Uh, apparently the Golden Globes happened. and I completely missed it i know you don't really check out the golden globes as much i do not yeah but i put this question in because they asked so how did those golden globes go question mark and pulling up what actually happened because i didn't know what like it just kind of came and went and there's some some things in here that surprised me because i don't really care that much but usually what happens with golden globes like these ones are kind of setting the tone for who's going to win awards during award season and uh, Ernie, when you looked through the list, was there anything that surprised you or were you just kind of like, eh? It didn't surprise me, but I think the one that I really thought was cool was Hans Zimmer, or he won the uh, Dune. Because it's a best original score for a motion picture, right? And I, like, you know, seeing that one, I was like, okay, yeah. Like, it didn't surprise me. You know, obviously, after I saw the movie, I think you were telling me, like, the soundtrack's so good, I've been listening to it every day. And I'm like, dude, I haven't been able to see the movie yet. And so once I saw the movie, I was like, okay, I got to put I gotta put the oh, yeah. soundtrack on. Oh, dude, so good, bro. Such a, so yeah, that one, I, I understand. Other than that, I was just kind of like, I don't really, you know, I don't care for most of these things. But anything like, uh, any reason you wanted to talk about this in particular? Was there something that, like, you were like, oh, this is great. I'm glad that they did this. Yeah, dude. Okay, let me. Uh, you probably will agree with me because Nicole Kidman wins Best Actress for the Ricardos, and not Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem is nominated, but he didn't win. And I was like, "What?" I felt like she wasn't that good in that movie. It was very surprising to me. I was, I was kind of, I didn't like it. Uh, I think uh, Will Smith won for King Richard in that category for the for the Best Actor in in a drama, and I was like, uh, I guess. I felt like Javier Bardem. Like, oh, he really nailed it, dude. He was so good. I think I, that's funny because after I finished that movie, I went to go see the I Love Lucy show and I missed him. <laughs> he was just such a likable character. He was so much better in the in that movie. And I didn't really care for Nicole Kidman, you know? Like, I mean, she was okay, but I think he stole the show, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I agree as well. And if you look at like the other ones, like Lady Gaga was House of Gucci, Kristen Stewart. With Spencer, I heard she did really good. I haven't seen it yet, but you know, Jessica Chastain from Eyes of Tammy Faye, like all those those actresses that were in that. I was like, Nicole Kidman, like she's done better work in other stuff. It just seemed really odd to me. The other thing that surprised me, because I told you yesterday I watched Power of the Dog, and I personally didn't think it was the best drama out this year. I liked, I really liked Dune. I really liked King Richard. I didn't see Coda or Belfast yet. You saw Belfast, I did, I did. didn't you? I thought it was, you I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I, it's definitely worth a watch. And uh, I mean, for best drama, I, I'm i not sure uh, when the other films come out, but I feel like it, it, if a movie came out before this, you know, new movie that's fairly new, you know, it kind of falls, like I said, on the wayside. I mean, I haven't seen Power of the Dogs, so I wouldn't be able to tell you, but Belfast was pretty good. 
worth a watch. I don't know if it was the best movie drama I've ever seen at the time. From drama perspective, I would say, come on, come on. I enjoyed a little bit more, but yeah. Yeah, it just really surprised me because I think me and my wife both agreed that Power of the Dog, the dramatic aspect was in the music. Really nothing happened. Like pretty much nothing happens throughout the, the movie, but the tension of the music is what makes you think like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Then nothing really happens. But uh, I don't know. I was very like so many winners. I think uh, Best Director, like she won Best Director. I feel like if you're going to give anything, it's going to be Dune, right? Dune was so well directed, in my opinion. I still got to watch um, West Side Story. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> it got winner for Best Musical. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to watch that movie. Really, really dreading. Rachel Ziegler won for Best Actress in that movie. <sighs> yeah but anyway dude i saw hacks i don't know if you watched hacks on I hbo not, max no. i really liked that show the first season was pretty solid even my wife really liked it she's excited for the second season um so that was well deserved gene stewart did a did a great job um or gene smart i'm sorry gene smart um, but you know overall it was like kind of a middle of the road i was just surprised at some of these um Oh, Jason Sudeikis won Ted Lasso. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I well deserve. He's, he's a good. I like that's that. a good one. So that's how that's how the Golden Globes went for us uh, at the AV Club. So, it, what did you guys think? Do you guys think that like, are you a big awards fan? I know there's some people that like they wait for it. You know, like they're just like every year they make a big deal out of it. They yeah. have a party. People come over and watch stuff. For us, it's kind of I'm I'm kind of middle of the road. Like I want to see what happens because I'm curious what people think. But I could take it or leave it. But Great question. Let's move on to our next question from at Rachel Reviews. And this one is, what's a movie you think is better than the book? So uh, I was telling you this uh, when I used to go to college, um, I used to take a bus ride and it was like an hour or so. Um, at the time, the movie Fault in Our Stars was coming out. And uh, the author the author for the book, his name is John Green. I'm not sure if, you know, he, I'm sure he wrote the movie, the movie too, but I'm not sure how that worked. But uh, so I wanted to go watch that movie, but I was like, yeah. I'm going to read this book before I go watch that movie. And I read the book on my way to school and on my way back home. And uh, I think it took me like two days or a day or something like that. And I finished it, went to go watch the movie. The movie was good. I enjoyed it. You know, I love rom-coms. I'm, I'm into things like that. But the book was way better, dude. I could remember lines in the move in the book when, well, not now, but at that time when it came out in 2014 or whatever, or I mean, Sorry, when the movie came out. And uh, I just remember really enjoying it and being like, dang, the book was so well done. I, I, I don't, I'd recommend the book, but go, go watch the movie. But I'm like, oh, no, the book was way better. Dang, that's so funny because uh, when that movie came out, there was such hype around the book. So many people saying like, oh, it's such a great book. You guys should read the book. Like supporting John Green. And he's got quite the following on TikTok right now. But so they give examples in this question and Mary Poppins is one. I think this is uh perks of being a wallflower, which was a, I like that movie a lot. I think that was a really well done movie. I'm going to say that the Harry Potter, um, the last book, those, those two movies at the end were <clears throat> so much more yeah. fulfilling or satisfying than the, than it was to read the book oh, interesting. for me. Okay. That's what I would say. I know people are like diehard Harry Potter book fans, but like the, the movies were such a phenomenon, like such a cultural thing. Like, they did such a good job, especially stretching out the last book, those two movies. It was really good. No, yeah, I agree with you. I think the first Harry Potter book, uh, The Philosopher's Stone or Soldier's Stone, I guess, here in America, right? Um, that book was so good. I, I remember reading things 
uh, they talk about the, the the guy at the end. I forget his name right now. That you know, he turns around and he has Voldemort on the back of his head. And I remember thinking, oh, okay. Like in, in the in the book, it was such a great reveal. I was like, oh my, this is happening. And then you watch the movie, and it wasn't as I don't know. It was it didn't hit as well for me. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's oh, just so for you. It was the books. The books was way better. Yeah, just that that first. Did you book. read all the books? Or no, I've only oh, you read, just read the first one. Okay. Yeah, I only read uh, one Prisoner of Azkaban and. Uh, I want to say Goblet of Fire as well, but I think it was just those two. Or Order the Phoenix, sorry. Right, right, right. Okay. Thank you for the question, Rachel Review. Rachel underscore Review, sorry. Let's go on to the our last question, which is at Jackson Boren says, what's the first movie you remember owning on physical media format? For me, it was the original 1988 VHS release of E.T. with the green plastic spine. <laughs> I can't, I think I remember that. Having that green spine—that's that's crazy. I didn't, how about I you, never, dude? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, for me, it was uh, how the Grinch stole Doctor Seuss, how the Grinch stole Christmas—the one with uh, uh, Jim Carrey. I, that's one of my favorite movies. I always talk about that, but I remember owning that VHS, and it had the green uh, 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 spine as well. Like it was a uh, all green covered. It, it, you guys can look it up. And cool. I, I bought—I remember buying it at Target the day it had come out, and that was the first time the movie, like a, a movie that I saved my allowance to purchase. I think also I had Star Wars Episode One, which was another movie. I always uh, had mixed these two between which one I bought first, because when I bought VHS, and I was like, when I bought DVD, when I bought VHS, but this was my first VHS. I just uh, uh, told you guys my age. We are old. We have. <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. It's funny, because for me, growing up, I never went and bought VHSs on my own, because it seemed like my parents went out and bought stuff, and like we would just have whatever's there to watch. The one that really, I really remember it sticks out in my mind was DuckTales, the movie at VHS, dude. I just remember I played that thing so many times. That's like, funny. It's not, the, it's just a kind of a cheesy movie, but no, like no, looking no, back I mean, on yeah. it, but I still love it. You're a kid. I mean, it, it, but, it's just so different to have like certain stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, you remember like the Little Mermaid box cover with like the controversial, uh, the city, like people thought it looked, uh, like a penis. <laughs> I remember that. And then they <laughs> I changed do remember it. The that, yeah. <laughs> and they changed the, uh... but I remember, I remember seeing that as a kid and it was kind of like a joke, but okay. So when I first got, I finally got like um, real money, like I was earning money and I finally got a DVD player. Like those were the new things that came out Man, back in the day, back in the day, bro. It was like a real excitement because I was going to give it to my family. Like I bought it as a gift and I, was like, I have to get a movie that's going to go with, a DVD player because it's like you can't just give them a DVD player with nothing to watch. So I bought Pearl Harbor, like the box set version with the multiple discs. And I remember getting that thing and I, I couldn't wrap it because I wanted to I wanted to open it. You know what I mean? So I, I couldn't help myself. I opened up the DVD player and then I put it in and I was watching it without <laughs> anybody knowing that I was going to be. So I, I did it so carefully because yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm going to put this back so nobody knows I watched it. But I remember doing that. And I was like, oh, I love DVDs. Like, there's so much, you know, better quality than VHSs. Yeah. I wonder if, like, your parents found out at some point, like, oh, no, this guy just regifted, or, you know what I mean? Like, are he? <laughs> yeah, it's like, this has been opened. But yeah. I remember, like, I'm going to take take my time with the little plastic. It's going to look just like brand new in the box. But it was funny. Awesome. But that's, that's, that's what sticks out to me in my mind, bro. Yeah. Funny. Great question, Jackson Bourne. All right. That's it for... Uh, Twitter questions this week. And I think that pretty much wraps it up for today's episode. If you if you guys had fun with us, definitely follow us on Twitter at Watchful Tweets and subscribe to our podcast because 
Uh, we love hearing from you guys, and we definitely want to talk movies with you guys. So tweet at us. Ernie, did you have any thoughts before? No, as always, uh, I would like to thank the audience for tuning in every week. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, Like he said, follow us on that Twitter. Tell us about yourselves. You know, tell us what your movies that you're watching. Tell us what your first movie theater experience was. And we'll definitely get back to you as soon as we can. If you want to talk to me personally, I am at Journey, J-O-U-E-R-N-I-E underscore on Twitter. And uh, yeah. I'm always on there, so you guys can uh, let us know what you thought about the whole episode. That uh, wraps it up for this episode. Thank you, Ernie, for joining us. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) We'll be back again next week, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Thanks. Goodbye.